0: our second episode of NeuroDigest here on Science TV. My, my name is Sylvia Moramo Chabo, your host, with my interpreter Maureen Maida. And like we covered uh, last time, we introduced ourselves since it was our premiere show. NeuroDigest will be covering neurodevelopmental disorders and other invisible disabilities. So we went through the general specifics of what neurodiversity is and uh, the organization only speaks what we do which is trying to inform empower and rally for the needs and policies for special needs persons with intent focus on neurodiversity. There are four main uh, neural conditions that we're focusing on that is autism, ADHD, Down syndrome and cerebral palsy. So today we're going to focus on autism which in, in the long form is autism spectrum disorder or asd as we may easily refer to it through the show so um i will start with one thing that i did i went around and i asked different adults what they thought autism is and i got quite some interesting answers so let us go through about what some of you had to say. someone said autism is a curse a condition for special needs persons that need explanation able different children disorder and not a disease, non-contagious disease, differently abled, different, a situation in the brain, condition that affects 5% or less worldwide, a condition that affects the human brain, mental disorder, a disorder that child says that it has no filters, a brain development disorder that disables normal communication. Condition delays with, uh, for children, inability to stick to a specific pattern, hardness in socialization. So those were the answers that you had to give us on what is autism. Some were a bit correct, some totally off course, and that's why we want to get into this program and break it down for you one on one so that we all have the right information and hence we'll be able, whatever we, under, we get to understand, we'll be able to work with it in society. And in this case, we're dealing with that autism spectrum disorder. ASD, as earlier mentioned, the correct scientific definition of autism spectrum disorder is an umbrella term for neurodevelopmental conditions that are marked by persistent ongoing challenges with social communication, interaction, as well as restricted and repetitive behaviour patterns, interests and activities. We have autism related challenges that range from mild to severe and vary from person to person. And every person on the autism spectrum has a unique challenge that they're dealing with and at different levels at that of abilities and disabilities. Do you know what autism is in Swahili? Let me educate you today. So actually autism has a Swahili word for it. Tower hoodie. That is what autism is, and the the date that uh, the world celebrates autism is April second of every year, and the autism month, uh, autism awareness month is April. And the colors that represent autism, like when you see the ribbons that we wear uh, to represent certain condition or a disease. So for autism, we have the cyan. Apart from the cyan, there is a representation of the puzzle, as we had touched on last time. The puzzle, like you know, is the ones that uh, are different pieces that when you put together, they complete a picture. you find this a lot in classes for children. And um, why is it a puzzle? That's the one question that many people ask. It is a puzzle because autism in itself is a condition that is currently being researched on. The cause is unclear. The different characteristics that vary from person to person are also very broad. Hence, the use of the puzzle to symbolize it, and the very many colors. This is to represent the complexity of the condition, and that is why we use those signs to represent autism. I will dive a bit into um, how would you um, put it as. It's not that the child is slow. It's not that the child does not understand. It's just that they process things differently. Let's give an example of a computer. There is a time the computer if you try to give it a command and it tells you processing error. So for children with neurological condition of autism, it's not an error. It's just a different operating system, meaning that you have to understand how they operate so that you are able to give the correct instruction. It's like comparing an Apple and um, what is the other one called? Apple and PC. Those are computers, both of them. But if you look at their keyboards, they're slightly different. If you look at how they take in the commands, it's also different. So you can look at the condition of autism somewhat like that. In that, when you're dealing with these children or adults or youths with autism, you have to understand their levels, understand what it is that uh, they are challenged with, and hence change your attitude. Align yourself to how they need to be treated, how they need to be understood and that way it will be easier for both of you to communicate. The next section I want us to go into, why is it a spectrum? And why do we call it the autism spectrum disorder? As Ali mentioned, I have said that we have very many characteristics and also behaviors with the persons of uh, on the autism spectrum. That is why it is a spectrum, because you cannot find one individual who shares the exact same characters, behaviors, and symptoms as the other. We have different levels of autism also. In the different levels, we have uh, high functioning, we have low functioning, and we have mild. Some people call it uh, mild, mild, low autism, mild autism, and severe autism. So the different uh, terminologies, depending on the different parts of the world you come from, because the, uh, there are people who would like Not to look at it as the level of their disability, but we prefer focusing on their ability. In this, we tend to say that on level one, which others call mild, it's where they require some support, and this is where most high functioning autistics are. High functioning are the ones who, if they walk in, they can talk, they can do things, but you'll find some of the symptoms are are a bit different in that they have higher IQ they process things in a more intellectual way than a normal human being those are still autistics, yes and we have a level two which is medium On medium we have where they need substantial support I'll give you an example of my child Andrew Andrew is able to speak a bit but you will find that he cannot have a conversation with you because he can only process three word sentences Not that he does not understand. If you give him instructions, bring me ABCD, he will follow the instructions, meaning he can actually understand what it is that you're saying. If you ask him, tie your shoes, he knows what the shoe is. He will try and attempt, although that can be a challenge because of the fine motor skill challenges that autistic children uh, always have. And the other one is the level three, which is the severe. Severe re- means that they require very substantial assistance for them to be able to go on with their daily life. In that, you find that the ones that need feeding, that means they fine motor skills of how the uh, communi- body system communicates. Remember we said it being a neurological disorder, it means that the brain can be communicating through the nervous system, to the, through the spine to the nervous system For the body to act but then the communication is broken down in between that it is not um, complete hence you find that the child cannot feed themselves you will find the child has issues with the balance of the body you find uh, they have uh, eyes that either are not facing the same direction or they're knocked eyes these are some of the severe sides of uh, the physical effects that you also get to see with autistic children and also adults So this uh, this is how we categorize autism when we get to go for assessment. And how do we end up here? How do you know that your child is autistic? How do you get to find out, okay, what level is my child? So there are basic things that we look at immediately a child gets born, um, and this is what we call milestones of development. So you'll find when a child is growing up, We have different um, levels of expectations as parents. There is what the doctors expect a child to be able to do. So we look at the mental milestones expectations uh, that will give you a hint that there could be something that you need to pay attention to, the neurological development of your child. By six months, the expectations we have is the baby should be smiling and they're able to recognize familiar faces. This is something that uh, you find that uh, children who could be having autism will not be able to do. By 18 months, you find that they have no meaningful single words. They're not able to play pretend. You know the way children sit and start talking to their toys and saying, Oh, the car goes and it comes, daddy walks home, mommy goes out. They're not able to do such uh, pretend plays or say anything. At nine months, the child does not imitate sound and gestures. Like if you tell the child bye, you expect them to try and say bye and at least wave back at you. That is the response. So for the mental milestones you'll find that autistic children or children with tendencies of being autistic have delayed in actually meeting these milestones at this time at this time. By twenty four months, we find that there will be no meaningful two words, uh, phrases or imitations that you expect children to have. When the kids keep saying, dada, mama, or daddy, or come and go, the very basic words, you'll find when a child um, has neurodevelopmental issues, that will not be achieved. Let's look at the speech. At four to six months, we expect our children to engage us with vocal play and bubble side. You know when you go see a, a baby and they're all so cute and cuddly, and you start tickling them and you expect them to giggle back at you and smile and respond emotionally. Most of the time you will not get out with an autistic child. Between 7 to 12 months, we expect the child to have bubbling consonants and vowel sounds or a combination of all and use intonations and um, try to ask for things like uh, when the way a child says give me like pa or something like that and repeat familiar words that they hear in the house. So you'll find that the child will not be able to do this. And uh, 12 to 20 months, uh, in our speech milestones, we expect at 12 months, your child should be pointing at objects that they want or require. So they should be able to point it, if it's a cup of tea that they want, they'll be able to point and maybe say one word towards it so that you understand they want tea. So that's one of the challenges that you will find with autistic children and uh, any, the child with um, neurological development disorders. By 18 to 20 months, they are supposed to be able to follow instructions, like come, like aunties going, wave bye. They should be able to mime or repeat exactly what it is that you tell them. Developmental delays in speech can go as far as two years to five years for autistic persons because at two to three years, you're supposed to have between 150 to 200 words. That is the expectations. Understand simple questions and directions. Half pronouns me, you, I when you ask who is this they are supposed to be able to process and revert. By the age of three they're supposed to be using two to three word sentences. So I'll give you an example. I'll use my son as an example because that's the life I have lived. For Andrew he's currently na- turning nine but that's mentally when it comes to speech milestones, we are clearly at the age of two and three years. These are the symptoms of autistic persons because he can only say three word sentences, mom, let's go, mom, come here. And this is a nine year old. So you can imagine the frustration when you're trying to have a conversation with a stranger and you expect him to actually respond to you when he just gives you one word answers or three word answers. But That is part of the world that we need to learn to embrace. At three to four years, we have expectation of around a thousand words. Yes, you heard right. At three to four years, the child should be having a thousand words, and they should be able to ask simple questions. They're supposed to be able to speak in four to six word sentences. I'm lagging behind on this one, clearly, because with three words, And expectations of four to six that means we are a long way behind but we're working on it and the child at this age uh, should be able to tell stories what did you do how was your day where did you go if they're already going to school three to four years they should be able to narrate to you what they learned who they interacted with what was interesting in school and that is how we judge according to the milestones of speech you thought you knew and now you've learned something else, now you know. So these are some of the developmental milestones that we find in our children. The other milestones that we get to encounter is um, walking. We expect our children to start at least crawling by nine months. By one and a half months, they should be able to walk. And by two years, they should be comfortably walking, running, jumping around. But you find with autistic children uh, or children with uh, developmental disorders, this is a challenge that they can start late. It can be delayed or they could be walking at they uh, walking in time. And remember what we said it's about the spectrum. Not all children are the same because you find uh, a child who's walking but they're not talking. Or find a child who's not walking, but they can at least mumble and meet some of the speech milestones that we expect. When it comes to neck support, we're talking now about our physical milestones that we're looking at when we're looking at our children and when we say we need to pay attention to their growth. Neck support of a child within the first three months after birth, they're supposed to be able to hold their neck, turn when you call or follow sound independently. So when a child does not reach this milestone, parents should pay a bit closer attention to this child and the, as they develop. Then there is eye contact. I, I touched on this last time, but let me go through it again because now we're doing it in detail. When a child is born and when they open their, eye, their eyes like a week, two weeks, this days they open their eyes pretty early, you expect as a mother when you're breastfeeding, you expect that eye contact when you're breastfeeding your child because the breastfeeding, you communicate, you connect with them at that point. You find for children who will have tendencies of autism, they do not maintain eye contact. They will not look at you at that point in moment. Remember, some may, some may not. So it's not all children. So it's some of the things that we need to be looking out for. We have gone through the early signs of autism when children, uh, after children are born. And I'd like for us to take a small break as you process all of that. Then we will come back and continue with the symptoms more symptoms and characteristics of our children when they grow up and we believe that they are on the autistic spectrum you are here with me sylvia moramo chabo your host and my interpreter maureen maida we'll be right back thank you Welcome back to NeuroDigest, with me, Sylvia Moramuchabo, your host, and Maureen Maida, my interpreter. We have touched on some of the signs and symptoms of autism. I'd like to just give you a tidbit of statistics. Did you know that one out of every 20 children is autistic? How we can look at that on the other side is, 19 children have a chance to learn about autism from that one child. And further than that, globally, one out of every 58 persons is autistic. Get the calculation. How many people are we in the world? So how many people are being affected with autism? And that is why, as Andy speaks, we have decided to try and break it down and make you understand what autism spectrum disorder is all about. And to our parents, you could be happy journey today and you never know you're going to get a child or your sister or your neighbor So it's good to understand so that you'll be able to identify and know and guide. If it's not you, it could be the person next to you. But let us not get discouraged all in all. Remember, these are just developmental delays and they're just commas, not periods. Your child can still get there with the right treatment and care. So we will dive on a few of other um, symptoms for newborns that we have not touched on. Some of the things that we take as mothers, as it's usual, or your mother will be like, ah, it will go away, but please pay a bit more attention when some of these things show up in your child's early days. When your child gets jaundiced, and this is severe jaundice. Jaundice is whereby a child is born and they require a lot of vitamin D by being put outside in the sun. You find that they start turning yellow and their eyes also turn in color that is a s- symptom that most of the time and the parents that we've spoken to have indicated that the children who have later been diagnosed with autism actually had jaundice when they were, when they were young and sometimes when jaundice is very severe your child will have to go in possessions of ultraviolet exposure And if you don't have access to that for the parents who are out there in places where we don't have uh, equipped medical facilities, you'd be advised to make sure between 10 and 12, you take your child out, remove their clothes, so that they can take in the morning sun, because that is the healthy version of sunrise that a child, that our body and especially children need for their development. (laughs) And then we have digestion. Digestion is when our child always cries, what is the first thing your mother says? gripe water, you got it right. We always say just give them a bit of gripe water or put salt in water and give the child and they shall be okay. But wait, mommy, pay attention. When it's a bit too much, it's a sign and symptom that you need to pay attention to. Remember we said it's about communication of the nervous system. When the stomach is not able to process foods, we find that the communication in your body is also altered and deterred. And this is one of the signs and symptoms of children with tendency of autism seem to display. That they're not able to break down food. And you will find a good number of autistic children are, are lactose intolerant. This means that they can they have a challenge processing milk. Milk is actually a very heavy food. And that's why you will find that your advice is an, uh, to do away with milk. When you find that your child is having a hard time processing and they're always crying, having stomach ache, and they're not able to pass too, one of the things that you're requested to do is cut down on the milk. And we always say a baby cries when they're young. But did you know that actually, there is actually a specific number of hours that your child should be sleeping according to their age. And when you find that your child is having insomnia, also known as lack of sleep, that could be a sign and symptom of uh, neurological disorders or some neurodiversity, as we call it. A child should be able to sleep with a routine and they should be able to adapt as per how the parent puts the schedule for the child. When the child does not adhere to this, or oh, you find that they cry a lot. There is regular crying that we know, I need a change of diaper, or I'm hungry. But when it is a teeth bit too much, dear parent, Please watch out and pay a bit more attention to what the baby could be saying. So those are the infant um, signs and symptoms of physical, uh, mental, and speech that we are we have looked at up until now. And don't forget, please ask us questions on our social media pages at on Twitter, Andy Speaks Four, or at Morra Sylvia, and on our Instagram, Andy Speaks. And Sylvia Muchabo. You can drop in your questions even on our Facebook page, Andy Speaks for Special Needs Person, and we shall be able to handle the questions and expound on whatever it is that you'd like clarity on because we're here to talk and engage and enlighten each other. I want to dive into the combination of symptoms. Remember, we spoke about the spectrum. So I want to highlight section by section. There are four areas that autism affects in a person's development. And that is language difference, social differences, repetitive actions, and sensory differences. These are actually independent topics that we can take a whole hour for each. But I would like for us to just touch and enlighten you so that you can have an idea of what we mean when we say language difference. Language difference um, is whereby we have the child's speech being delayed, as we have said. They're expected to start talking at least by the age of two and then the number of words that you have and you will find with autism persons that there is either no language at all or they struggle depending on the level of autism that they have and the level of support that they need and when it is very severe at around like ten or even five we require our advice that you see a speech therapist so that the child can be helped Remember, there are very many factors uh, that could be affecting speech. It's not that they are dumb, it's not that they are deaf, because this is mostly what people misdiagnose. If they can hear you, they can understand exactly what it is that you say. It's just that their brain does not know how to put that into words and get it out from the system. But in time with practice, uh, they will find that the children are able to communicate. And we have alternatives also. You can use pictures to, come, to help them communicate and teach them how to respond in the house. Now we have lots of words. you find the times a child is able to speak and they're fine and they get to an age or something happens, a fall or an, a traumatic experience and they lose their speech. Yes, that indeed actually happens a lot. Then we have something called ecolalia. Ecolalia is the habit of repeating what uh, the child has heard if you say hi sylvia they will not say hi and and they'll say exactly what it is that you said. hi sylvia if you tell them give me a cup they will repeat what you said. give me a cup you will find at times your child comes from school and they start talking about things that you have no idea remember this is still echolalia they're repeating all the things that they have uh, they have had throughout the day. So it's a repetitive behavior of speech. And it can end or it can go up until adulthood. We have um, the ability to label pictures and read them out. That is a challenge that they will have in different levels, as mentioned earlier. Pronoun errors. Um, the thing is, let me give you an example. When I'm talking to my children, as mentioned, I have two on the spectrum. If I'm trying to ask uh, Andrew, what's Bradley's name? If I'm talking to you, my dear audience, I will say, what is Andrew's name? or what, what is his name? Then my son Bradley will say, Andrew. But the thing with autistic children, they have uh, difficulty in processing the first, second, and third person sentences. So you will find they will understand more if you say, this is, because that is how they're taught. So when you say, this is, they'll be able to say. If you ask, who is this? It might become a bit more difficult for them to quite understand that in the early ages. Or if you say, what's his name? They will not be able to understand. Remember, all this means the same, but to them to process that, is a huge task. So you maintain the simple sentence of, this is not complicating the issues, so that they're able to communicate with you. Then there is inappropriate laughing or giggling. Trust me, I live with this one. We could be all asleep, Andrew comes, and he will laugh and laugh and even fall down. And nobody knows what's funny. But we laugh along, that's how you live in their world. When they're done, then you ask the question, what's funny? but don't interrupt. Remember, they live in their own bubble, and sometimes it's so much fun when you join in the bubble and try and just understand and see what it is that they're going through. Trust me, it is fun sometimes, and most of the times. Then let's go a bit to the social differences. We have um, inconsistent eye contact, as mentioned earlier. Then, this I had touched on last time, that the children processing uh, can take at least two to three things at the same time. So when they're talking to you, there times they might avoid eye contact so that they're able to respond, process the respond and also speak because they cannot take uh, the overload of having to do all of them at the same time. Remember all these things we are mentioning? Not all autistics are the same. So not every child will have the same symptoms. So you'll have a tidbit of this and that in one person. And that's why we said it's a puzzle. We have, the children who are autistic may prefer to play alone because they don't understand that time taking and sharing. But this is some of the things that can be taught. But it is one of the signs that you can notice and when you notice it, the social interaction challenges that they go through. And they will have problem with conversation. They can listen and listen and never talk. They just, they just are not wired sometimes to want to interact and converse. They will listen to what you say, give you a one word answer and go their way strange but true they're very loyal that's a good thing so be careful um, when when you are friends with a person who's autistic they're going to stick by you through thick and thin and trust me i live with this every day the minute i look a tit bit sad all of the boys will come asking what's the matter what is it how may we be of help and i think we need more of that in the world especially in this day and age And they find ingesting something they cannot tolerate. And even um, if you tell them this is how things are done, that is exactly how they expect it to be done over and over again. And remember, they're not good liars. So the next time you tell a secret to them and you want them to lie about something like, let's say you say, oh, we went ABCD and you tell them, please don't say we went here. I know this happens with children a lot. They don't know how to do that. They'll come back and say, Oh, we went A, B, C, D, but he said we should not be telling you this. So careful, autistics are very loyal and truthful. We have repetitive actions. This is um, actions that you will find an autistic person likes their things in a specific way, day in, day out. And trust me, they don't like that routine being changed. So they will have, if I wake up today and we go, we brush our teeth, then we take breakfast, and then we go to the table, then go to school. The day that you actually interrupt this routine, they will actually not be happy. They will either get grumpy or cause meltdowns. We'll discuss meltdown later. I'll give you an example. Um, When the first time i taken my sons to school and the holidays came, and uh, he did not expect that sudden change, why are we not going to school? It was very hard to try to explain to him that there is something called a holiday what the teacher advised is you introduce the word holiday or the school is going on a break and you start telling them one or two weeks in advance so that they're mentally prepared that your routine is going to get disrupted that is an easier way of um, changing their routine inform them in advance so that they know interaction is coming Uh, they struggle with change in in that case and it will be easier for both of you as a parent and uh, any Caregiver for an autistic person to be able to adjust to their way of life then Their way of play They are very special You expect a boy with a car to actually go vroom and racing around the car for autistics, that car Maybe dismantled may be used for something else totally different They just don't relate with what we sometimes look at as normal and um, when we, re- that they're very particular. There's something we call OCD. The children and adults and youth who are autistic like their things in a very particular, neat, precise. If this is the position, please don't tamper. If this is where it's supposed to be, leave it there, don't move it and put it somewhere else. And they also get something we call inappropriate attachment to objects. I had asked this question to different parents, and it's very funny, all of them are different. I did not get even one child who's similar to the other. There's a child who likes Starsoft, the container, when it's empty. So if they walk into a place, that's what they'll go for. My son likes sticks and plastic. There's a child who likes chewing on plastics and stuff like that. So you find there is that item, or a doll, or something that's in the house, a soft blanket, that they get attached to. And this is because that gives them a sense of security when they're around or when they have this object with them. It is what acclimatizes the environment for special needs children with autism. And the fourth, but not last, we have social differences. This is, uh, sorry, pardon me. I mean, sensory differences. This is a very complex topic. Uh, Because with the complexity and the wideness of the spectrum, different children have different sensory reactions. And you will find that not all of them are the same. There are some who actually do not have sensory effects, uh, not affected with sensory. And uh, there are those who are severely affected. So we have children who have a high pain tolerance. In that they can get hurt, but they don't feel the pain. Or they de- there is that delayed response. But remember we spoke about the communication. Like if their hand is burned, they don't feel... You know, For you, normally it will be like, ouch, almost immediately. For them, it will be like, okay, something happened. Or then the process is like, oh yeah, that's pain. And then they react that, ouch, okay, I got hurt. Something happened to my uh, finger. When it comes to eating habits, you find that they're very picky eaters. Then you find some autistics who are very sensitive to sound. You've ever seen a child who is always putting their hands, trying to um, close out the noise. They're trying to just balance and try to control their body response to the situation. Remember, they're not trying to control the environment. What they don't have control over is how their body reacts to these situations. For those who don't like their hair being washed, their nails being cut, they don't like the trimming of their nails because of the sensitivity of their nervous system. And then we have something called um, hand-flapping, jumping, and spinning, and rocking. These are some of the things I'm sure we have seen with majority of the autistic persons. This is what we call steaming. Steaming is a way of calming themselves down. If I'm in a strange place, you will find that they will always either be rocking until the point at which they feel calm and safe. Or you find the will, when when there's something they cannot understand or they cannot process, they will flip their hands. It is that thing that gives them the calm. It gives them that equilibrium of feeling safe and everything is okay. Then you have the children who have no real fear of danger. Trust me, this one I've lived with. My child does not know that a car can hit them. So instead of moving away from a reversing car, you will go doing what they see other people doing. Come, come, come cut 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 and remember they don't even know about distance or it's going to hit you and those can be scary moments for parents raising children with autism then we have inappropriate response or no response to sound so you find that those who are not able to process some sounds or even interpret it and we have light those who cannot stand a lot of light and uh, so you have to look at the different areas uh, for different autistics and what affects them in their own um, nature and space. Then there is insensitivity to pain, as we had touched earlier, where they're able to process pain very, very differently as we would on uh, normal instances. And at least we've managed to touch down on the four symptoms that are normally af- effect, affected by the neurodiversity of autistic persons to touch it up again we have language differences social differences repetitive actions sensory differences so you will find because of the spectrum being so wide no one child is the same as the other so you find a child with symptoms from different different aspects So when you're trying to take a child for assessment or when you notice any of these behaviors you can trick them for assessment so that you can know and it's not always gloom and doom we have high functioning autistics so as we wind up on our show i'd like for you to think about these people we have charles darwin steve hopkins albert einstein all these are people who we have learned about we have learned about the things that they have done, the achievements that they have achieved. And remember, one thing they all have in common, they are all autistics. Thank you for being such a great audience and for staying here with me and Maureen. My name is Sylvia Moramo Chabo, your host, and Maureen Maitha, my interpreter. See you next week as we dive into social life. Childhood, <coughs> excuse me, teenage and I-